Hi, this is Corey Turner, and along with my wife Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. Well, hey church, so great to be with you today and... uh... God has been wrecking me through this worship service today, just afresh. And uh, I'm really excited to share the Word of God with you today and just exactly where all we started and sharing Jesus confidently. Where, why, how? And so today we're going to launch into that, but why don't we just pray? God, right now, I thank You for Your tangible presence that has been with us, on us and hovering over us throughout this service today. And we thank You, Jesus, that Your Name has been lifted high today and that there is no other name that which man can be saved. And God, today we look to You, the author and perfecter of our faith. And God, we ask today that Your Word would speak louder than any other voice today that God, You would be glorified and honoured in this time as we gather around Your Word and to hear what it is that the Spirit would say today to us as Your church. We thank You for it. Put Your seal upon it, we pray. In Jesus' mighty Name, Amen, Amen. Well, hey, for me, sharing Jesus confidently is something that is the complete opposite of some of the seasons in my life that I've experienced. But I want to take you back to the moment where this was inspired by God. See, for me, my story started when I was five years of age. At the age of five, I had a God encounter of my own through a dream. And in that dream, Jesus had returned. I heard the sound of a trumpet. I was laying in my bed And as that sound sounded, I knew what it meant. And as I instantly rushed out, I came to a door in which was a part of our house. I couldn't get out. And as I launched into a a moment of like absolute fit of get the door open, get the door open, I eventually got out to find Jesus hovering in the clouds just above our, our pool at the time with my family. And with an array of angels around him. And in that moment, I said to Jesus, wait for me, wait for me. And as he looked at me, he said, you're too late. It wrecked me in that moment. As he said that, and as I looked behind me, there was a a crowd of people. We were all told we were too late. And in that moment, I woke from my dream. And as you can only imagine, I was filled with an absolute awareness of who God was. And that I needed to know Jesus. That feeling of needing to know Him, for me in that moment, wasn't good news. (laughs) But in order to know the good news, I had to know the bad news. 
And you know, I was thinking about this as I was pondering over this this week. That that moment of me having a revelation of needing Jesus was only fulfilled by me going and seeing my family, my mum and dad in their bed, waking them up. And my mum led me in a moment where I accepted Jesus into my life after I explained my dream to her. And it was that moment that Jesus set my heart on fire for Him. In that moment, I became the five-year-old kid that had the confidence and the boldness like a superhero in a cape who had to tell the whole world, you need to know Jesus. You need to know Him. You need to know the good news of the Gospel because the good news is Jesus in and of Himself. But it was precedented by the fact that I knew the bad news. And church, sometimes I feel like we slip away from our understanding of the good news. Not by intention, but by just progressive nature. And this is it, that Romans 5, 15 and 16 says, that through one man, death entered, sin entered. But through one man, Death, Jesus, grace, the gift of grace came. And this is the good news. See, we have the bad news. And the bad news is that we were all condemned to hell. We were all on a highway to hell. But Jesus, but Jesus came. He lived, He died, He rose again. And He broke the curse of death off our life and the payment for sin was paid and Jesus made a way. He's an off-ramp of the highway to hell to the highway to heaven for all those who would believe in Him. And this is the good news. And I can only tell you today, you can only have good news when you understand that bad news. <laughs> As I sat with my nephew, I was reminded of this this morning. I took him out on an adventure into a paddock. We were empty, emptying some grass out of a trailer and him and, my, and his brother were out playing. And I said, come on guys, we're gonna go. We're leaving now. And as we jumped into the car, one of the boys was just lingering around out the back. I said, come on, mate, let's go. We're leaving. We're leaving right now. And he was like, yep, 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 just playing around, tinkering around. And, and I, just, I just hopped in the car and in a big empty paddock, just started to move forward just to, to let him know that we were about to depart. And in that moment, it absolutely wrecked me. I looked in the revision mirror and I saw him running after the car with tears streaming down his face saying, don't leave me behind. I'm telling you, church, right now that this is the imprint that God wants to put on your hearts for the people that you know, for the people that are in your world, that your heart would break for what breaks His. That you'd turn around, get out of that car and run back and embrace those whom you know and you love and share the best news that you have ever experienced. What was your story? What was your story the moment when you came to know Jesus? Can you remember the emotion and the feelings of having your sin wiped away, washed away and dealt with? Can you remember the moment of experiencing the tangible love of the Father who gave His absolute best for you and me today? See, I want to suggest to you today that the good news is still good. 
news has never changed. But what has changed is you and I. In some way, form or shape, we've gotten comfortable, we've become complacent. Instead of convicted and compelled to share, we've fallen into the familiar spaces of religion and church and our day-to-day life. And I believe God wants to imprint in our hearts today the good news is still good. It's still good news. It doesn't matter if it's become the option in your life when it should be core and central. It's still good news. Whether you've wanted just to blend in and not stand out, it's the good news. Whether it's you've been intimidated by fear or you've been over-educated in some way, form or shape and you've, it's become over-complicated for you, it's still the good news. And often you and I, we take the path of least resistance. We take the path of least resistance. Whatever doesn't inconvenience us. But I want you to flip back to that moment and that experience of maybe one time when you've been left behind in a shopping centre by your parents or a moment and that feeling of being left behind. Because this is what your friends, your family and co-workers and people you know and don't know will experience without Jesus. I'm telling you right now, you and I are not the first ones to ever experience this. This feeling of of slipping away from the good news being core and central to our lives. Because in 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul comes to his son in the faith, Timothy, and he says to him, don't neglect the gift that is on your life. And we're going to read that passage together right now. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14 to 16, it says, Do not neglect the gift which you have been given by the prophetic word, the council of elders as they laid hands on you, but practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that they may see your progress. Keep close watch on yourself and your teaching and persist in this. For by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Paul is saying to Timothy, son, don't neglect. Don't neglect the gift. What is the gift? The gift here in this passage is referring to that which has been given to Timothy to share and to build into others this faith. The gift of salvation, the gift of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit because they have been given to equip you, to empower you, but to confirm the good news of Jesus Christ. It is the gift of salvation. And I wanna tell you today, not to neglect the gift, not because I'm standing here saying to you, you're neglecting the gift. I'm saying to you, we We fall into this trap where we neglect the gift. It's not intentional. And if it can happen to Timothy, who was a son in the faith, to Paul, who had been trained as a church leader and as a pastor, can I suggest today that it can happen to you and me? That we can fall into this trap where we neglect the gift. And you know, the word neglect It's actually a verb. It means to to make light of, to show no regard. It means to be negligent. It means to fail to care for something properly. If it can happen to him, it can happen to us. And I know for a fact that even in my own life, I found spaces and times where I have 
neglected this gift. Where it's been easier to run into a cafe and get something and run out. Where it's been easier not to have the conversation with somebody for fear of offending them. We've all been there. But you know, Paul says the same thing to him, reminding us not to neglect that gift. And I wanna tell you today, the good news is still the good news. And if we want something to change, then we need to change. When was the last time that you shared Jesus like a five-year-old in a cape? When was the last time? When was the last time you had a conversation with somebody to share Jesus confidently with them? And you know, Paul, in his last letter to Timothy in 2 Timothy, he writes this letter and, 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 and the, the, the scholars say, that 2 Timothy is the last book that Paul ever wrote. And he wrote it to Timothy. And in this book to Timothy, he's saying to Timothy, who is presenting as someone who is timid, who has lost his confidence, who has let the fire die out as such. And while Paul has told Timothy in, in 1 Timothy not to neglect the gift, he comes to Timothy to say the same thing to him in this space. So we're going to read from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 5 through to 8. And he says to Timothy, he says, I am reminded of your sincere faith. He's got faith. It's real. It's there. It's evident. It's a part of his life. And he says, it's a faith that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And now I'm sure dwells in you as well. And for this reason, I remind you, Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord nor of me a prisoner, but share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us a whole, into a holy calling, not only because of our works, but because of His own purposes and grace, which He gave to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. See, Paul comes to Timothy and he says to him, I see your sincere faith. I see that you have a real love for Jesus. I see that your heart is for Him and for the Kingdom of God. But I want to charge you with this. Fan into flame the gift that God has given you. Again, it's the same word from Romans chapter 15 and 16. With the gift of grace. This grace which was given to us, the gift of Jesus, to fan into gift, uh, into flame that gift of salvation, to fan into flame the gift of the Holy Spirit who's been given to empower you to share that message of the good news. And then to fan into flame the gifts of the Holy Spirit that He has given to you to confirm His gift of the Gospel, Jesus the true gift. You know, when Paul says to Timothy, I want you to fan into flame, the literal word in here means to stir up, means to kindle afresh and to keep in full flame. 
See, Timothy didn't need any more spiritual ingredients. He just needed to stir up what God had already given to him. It's not a dramatic anointing. It's not just for the gifted few, but it is for every believer to make disciples of all nations. This is the Great Commission and the good news is good news to be shared. And the last I looked, the good news hadn't changed. You and I had changed. So we need to be like that of Timothy, to listen to the writings of Paul, to lean into this space and decide, I don't need some new anointing, some new spiritual ingredient, but I need right now to stir up the gift that is in me. Stir up this gift of the Gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. Stir up the gifts of the Spirit to be able to move in power and to have it be a demonstration of the good news of Jesus Christ. This is what we are to do. And you know, church, it actually requires work. A marriage without work falls apart. And a fire left to itself will burn out. Unless you and I sit back and take personal responsibility to stir these things up, I promise you this, it will die off and it will fall away from being a priority to being a last resort. If we want anything to change, we need to change because the gospel is still the good news. You know, most of us, we have a heart to want to share. And most of us have either forgotten or we actually don't know how to share. But what I love about this book of Timothy and Paul's writings to Timothy is that this book has been the last book written, as I said before, in 69 AD. And in that time... Paul is writing to Timothy to remind him of the things that matter. Where are you to put your attention, Timothy? Where are you to, and and it's all in doctrine. It's all into the, the spaces and places of teaching what is right. And when Paul speaks to Timothy in this space, he says to Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Verse 2, he says, Preach the word, be ready in and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. He says, Be ready in and out of season. When it's convenient, when it's inconvenient, not if you're asked, but as you're on your way. Not if you're asked, but as you're on your way. Be ready in and out of season. I kind of hear it like Jesus saying, every day, don't forget to put your cape on as you walk out. Let the confidence and the boldness of a five-year-old in a cape rise up and be ready in and out of season. See, this is what you can do. See, you can tend to this gift that God has given to you. You can equip yourself in this. 
Because any fire fanned into a flame needs to be tended to. Any superhero needs to remember to have his cape on as he leaves the house. And you know, you can do this through the Sharing Jesus Confidently course. In the course, we will actually teach you, we will equip you because that's what we're here for, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And we will give you the tools to help you as you remember and are reminded of the moment you came to faith in Christ, when you couldn't shut up about the good news of Jesus in you, to bring that in, to begin to stir it up, remind yourself of the good work that He did in you. And as you tend to it, as you fan your flame, the gift that God has given to you, as you equip yourself in these things, you will find that it was once like a dead fire that God comes on and breathes upon And all of a sudden, it's like a bushfire that takes over as you begin to tend to the gift that God has given to you. You know, I kind of was reminded of this as I sat and pondered on it this morning. Um, For those who don't know my background, I I used to do uh, architectural drafting. Uh, It was something that I studied for a season and worked in for a a season. Uh, I actually did get really bored with it, just kept doing the same thing over. And and in my lunch breaks, I was too busy trying to run events to see people get saved. So at at that season of my life, it was just the thing that I did to earn some income. And uh, But I actually enjoy the, 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 the creativity of designing houses and building things and looking at plans and just recently, a friend of mine bought an apartment and we're about to, to move into that apartment. And uh, we just were looking at it and I was like, you know what? I did this 20 years ago. Whoops, just gave away my age. Sorry, bad moment. But literally went back and was like, oh, I could do this. I downloaded the program, sat there and I drew up all these plans and did all the dimensions. And it, it took me back to a moment that I can remember. But when I first jumped on the computer, I was like, oh, can I actually remember how to do this? Can I remember uh, 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 the keystrokes and the commands to be able to make all this happen? And as I was sitting there and tweaking with things, it took probably about 20 minutes for all of a sudden it to warm up. And all of a sudden the key commands and the memory started to come back. And this command meant that and space this. And next thing you know, I've gone from going, oh, hang on a sec, what, what this, oh, no, this, this, oh, oh, to like banging it out. And then all of a sudden I've got this plan and I've laid it all out, showed my friend, here's where all your furniture is, measured to the full dimensions of everything. And like it was set. But you know, this is what it means to tend to this gift. When you come back to this gift that God has given to you, when you come back to that moment and you need to remind yourself of the things that He's done, all of a sudden it will come back to you like you were set on fire, like the five-year-old with a cape. You can't shut up. You want to get out there. You want to tell the whole world that Jesus lives. You want to tell the whole world that they need to know Him. As you begin to tend to it, as you begin to stoke it up, it's going to come back to you. And you're going to find there'll be an ease and a grace upon it because God has anointed the God gospel message. He has anointed His Word. He has anointed you as a vessel for God to use in this season to bring the good news of the gospel to those who desperately need it. So you can tend to it. The second thing you can do is this, is that you can stoke it. You can stoke it, which means to regularly practice it. You need to regularly practice this gift. I want to tell you today that the gift of evangelism is is on a few. But we are all called to outwork evangelism in our life. And when second Paul, when Paul says to Timothy, I want you to be ready in and out of season. The next thing he says in this letter is that 
As for you, Timothy, in verse five, always be sober-minded and endure suffering and do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. This is not talking about the gift of an evangelist on Timothy's life. This is talking to the everyday believer who is called to do the work of the ministry and share the good news. The word evangelist in this passage simply means someone who will bring good news. And I'm telling you this, if you begin to stoke it up, if you begin to practice this gift, if you begin to labour over this gift, which is what the word work means, to labour over it, I promise you this, you will become the person that cannot shut up because there is a fire shut up in your bones and you wanna tell it to the world. And as you lean into this space, as you do the course, sharing Jesus confidently, you are gonna find that all of a sudden the Holy Spirit's gonna come upon you in a way that you've never felt him before because you are tending to something in which he has said is his priority. It's his priority. I don't know if you saw uh, recently on some of the reels on uh, Instagram, but there's this classic reel at the moment of a, uh, a donkey and a voiceover and a donkey chasing somebody down the road being like, hey, 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 have you heard about our Lord Jesus and Saviour? And he's like, no, 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 don't you run away from me. And he's chasing his donkey down the road. It's absolutely hilarious. But that's what some of you think the gospel sharing of the good news of Jesus looks like. It don't look like that. It looks like you having conversations with the people that you know, the friends and family that you have around you, the person you buy your coffee from, the person you get your fuel from, the two things that you can do in this season. But literally, there are people that you can meet and share this good news of the Gospel with. It doesn't need to look weird. It doesn't need to be corny. It needs to come out of the overflow. So as you do the course, I believe God's gonna stoke it up. He's gonna burn up a fire within you and you are gonna overflow with the gift And the grace of the Lord Jesus over your life, the gift of salvation and the anointing to share this good news. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine this week who shared with me a story about a young man named Hyde. And he's referenced to as a man in India who prayed the prayers. There's prayers known as prayers of Hyde. And he started out, with a real intense passion for people to know Jesus. And so he just got before God every day praying, God, would you give me a soul? Would you give me a soul today? Would you give me a soul today? And he started praying for one soul. And over a year, he led 400 people to the Lord. Next year, he decided, let's go two. Let's go two for a day. He started praying into it and interceding and seeking the face of God for two souls a day. That year, they saw 800 people come to know Christ. He personally. Then he went to God and was like, okay, God, give me four people a day. Let me find anyone and anyone I could share with. And he went out and literally it was said of him that he would walk out on the streets, have a conversation with an unbeliever. Next thing that believer would, unbeliever would be on their knees, becoming a believer and coming to know Jesus. My friends, this is not just for the gifted few. This is for you. It is for you. This gift, this grace that He has given, it's, it's, it's for you. And it's a gift that your friends need to know. As I was praying and asking God, Holy Spirit, what do you want to share in this space? What do you want to do in this space? He said to me, 
remind them of what it was like to first know me. And let me reveal to them those whom are around them that don't know me. I can't do anything other than share what His Word has said. I can encourage you to tend to it. I can encourage you to stoke it. But only the Holy Spirit can breathe upon it. Only the Holy Spirit can breathe upon that which has been deposited into your heart today. And that's my prayer. Could you imagine for just a minute if every believer shared Jesus confidently like a five-year-old in a cape? As I sat and imagined this moment, I was reminded of my nephew. I can remember the moment my nephew got a Batman outfit. That thing was his favourite toy as such. He put that cape on and it never came off. He went to bed with it. He wanted to go to the bath with it. He wanted to take it to school with it. He wanted to take it everywhere he went. You know what was really interesting? That when he had that cape on, he was unstoppable. When he had that cape on, he felt like he could do anything to the point it would concern you to the point where it concerned my sister and his mum. Because one time we come out of the shed and we found him ready to launch off the roof onto a tent because he felt like he could fly. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And I wanna encourage you with this today. To share Jesus confidently isn't this platform. To share Jesus confidently isn't the crazy donkey running down the road yelling at someone, do you know the Lord Jesus? Don't run away from me. Sharing Jesus confidently is every believer like you and me doing exactly that. Taking what God has done for us and sharing it with somebody else. So right now where you are in your homes, why don't you close your eyes? I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna ask the Holy Spirit to come and breathe upon this fire in your heart and that you would do what Paul has written to Timothy, but we take today to fan into flame the gift that He has given to us. So Holy Spirit, right now, I thank You, Jesus, that in this moment You are present in every home, every living room, and over every person that watches this on a device. I thank You, Lord, that Your Word has gone forward. And I thank You, Jesus, that the good news is still the good news. And God, where we have changed and fallen away from that space and place and revelation, God, would You come and burn a heart fire in our hearts today? Would You come and fan into flame the gift that You gave to us, the gift of salvation? God, would You come, would You impart the gift of the Holy Spirit around it to, to confirm Your Word and for Your Holy Spirit to come and empower us today as believers that follow after You. Jesus, would we go after what breaks Your heart? 
I thank You, Lord, in this moment right now, Jesus, You are present and revealing Yourself to every believer and every unbeliever that finds himself watching this right now. God, would You come by Your Spirit, bring conviction to our hearts, set us on fire for You. Set Your Word in our hearts as a fire. And God, may it be said of us that we like that it was written in Hebrews 10, that we'd be those that would not shrink back, but that we'd be those who would pursue and go after. Let the good news be on our lips in our everyday conversations. Lord, let our prayers be that of hide that we would pray, God, give us one soul a day. And that Jesus, when we come back to church of the live gatherings, God, that we look around and see a room full of people that we don't know because your people got busy about what you want us to be busy about. And that God, we would come back to a church on fire and stories of salvations one after another because this is what revival looks like. It looks like cities transformed by the power of the Gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. We thank You right now, God, that even as we're praying and seeking Your face, You are sparking a fire. You are setting hearts. You are aligning us back to Your heart. And Jesus, people in this moment are coming to know You. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died and rose again conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life, and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.